Well, it's good to see each of you this morning. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 today. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the nation that we are a part of and blessed to be citizens of. I pray that you would help us to remember that blessing this week. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to honor you in light of that. God, I pray that you'd help us this morning to give attention to your word. It is worthy of attention. It is needed in our lives, and I pray that you'd help us to listen and to make application where it would be necessary. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. I, too, like Brother Randy, enjoy the patriotic songs, and I enjoy patriotic seasons here in our land. And at different times, I have preached patriotic messages or what would be in line for that particular holiday. Uh, but this week, I did not feel any leadership or direction to do so, and so we are going to stay in our study of Ecclesiastes. That in mind, I want to remind you very quickly what we dealt with last week because I think it can be a help to us, not necessarily because it ties into today's message, but I think the refresher and the reminder is good. And so last week, we looked in verse number 10, where Solomon explained this truth that a tree can be cut down with a dull axe, but it's going to require much more effort than if it was a sharp axe. Now, that seems obvious, it seems basic, but there was a point and there was a principle in that that he was trying to get the readers to understand, and that was this. It is possible, if you look at the rest of the verse, it is possible for a person to find success in life. It is possible for a person to have a good family, to have a good job, to invest in the lives of other people, to, to be benevolent, to be kind, to be gracious, and so many other things. It is possible for a person to go through life without truly applying the wisdom of God in their lives and for their lives to be okay. But it's going to make the process so much harder than it has to be. And the challenge last week that I want to remind us of is this, is you can make it through life without the truth of God's word. You can make it through life and seem to do fairly well for yourselves. But if you really want to enjoy life to its fullest, and if you want life to be as struggle-free as possible, though no one is without struggle, but if you want it to be as struggle-free as possible, then you have to apply the truths of God's word to your life. It just has to be done. And so that's what we talked about last week. This morning we are moving on, and we're going to have just a few moments here in the Scripture this morning. I always enjoy the first Sunday of the month because we have our kids from junior church in here, but I do try to shorten it just a little bit so that we don't have to uh, make it unbearable for them. All right? So here we go. This morning I want to begin by talking about something that... I'm sure all of us are familiar with and probably all of us have been guilty, though not in a negative way, of doing the same thing. But all of us have been exposed to a very, very simple warning. Just two words, two very simple words, and that warning is this. Be careful. Has anybody ever in your life at any time said to you those two words, be careful. 
We've probably all heard those words many, many, many times. And as a result of us hearing that over the course of our lives, we now, as adults, find ourselves in a situation where we say to so many people, many times just instinctively, hey, be careful. Be careful. I probably have said those two words to my kids over the years thousands and thousands of times. Hey, be careful. You're about to go out and swim. Listen, be careful. Dad, I've done this a thousand times. I know. Be careful. The kids are about to leave in the car, and they're just going to go around the corner and maybe just run up the block a little bit, and, and, and they're about to leave and, and, and leave the safety of our driveway. So what do I say to them? Hey, be careful. Now, why do you and I say to those that, that are in our lives, why do we say to them, be careful? Well, there are a couple of reasons, are there not? One of the reasons would be this, is because we care about them. We want them to use some caution. We want them to be on guard. We want them to, to, to just exercise maybe a little bit more attention than what they would have otherwise. And so we say be careful to them because we care about them and we love them and we want what's best for them. And we also say be careful because we are aware of the fact that there are some dangers out there that they may or may not be as aware of as they need to be. They understand that things could go wrong in the pool. They understand that things could go wrong while you're driving down the road. They understand it, but that may not be where their mind is at. So, so we say this to them, hey, be careful, just to try to remind them there are some dangers and there are some risks associated with this, and I just want you to be careful. Just be cautious. Be on guard. I wouldn't want you to do anything that would hurt you or someone else. And so with that simple word of encouragement, with those simple words of reminder, in this morning's passage, here's what we're going to see. We're going to see that Solomon is not going to reprimand anyone. He's not going to rebuke anyone. He's not going to set the record straight, so to speak. In essence, what he is going to say in the verse we'll be looking at in a few moments is nothing more than this to his readers, which would include us, these two simple words, be careful. Be careful. Why would Solomon have taken the time to write down a few words that really don't reprimand or rebuke or correct or, or set a record straight? Why would he do that? Well, probably because he cared about the people that he thought might come along at some point and read these words. Because Solomon was wise enough to know that there were certain dangers and certain risks associated with what he was going to be writing about. So he says in these words, though not using them explicitly, he uses these words for them and for us. Hey, be careful. And so this morning's message, I hope that you know by now, I hope you can see where this is headed, that, that this isn't really going to be a message where the preaching sets us straight and the preaching rebukes us and the, re the preaching reprimands us. All I want this message to do this morning is to remind us, hey, just be careful. Be careful. Because if you're not careful, 
You could hurt yourself and you could cause some problems, maybe even for, maybe for yourself or even for some others. And so this morning when we leave, I, I hope if nothing else, we'll just think, you know, I need to be careful when it comes to that. Because it is something that if we're honest, we struggle with. So what is it we need to be careful about? Well, we'll get to that in just a couple of moments. But this morning in the passage we'll look at in just a few minutes, what we'll see is this, is that Solomon is going to reference the king or the one who would set in the position of a king, whether it be in Israel or any other empire or nation in their day. Now, I know that you know this. Some of you have heard me say this many times before. But in the days of the Scripture, certainly in the days of Solomon, that when a person ruled and reigned as king, here is what they had. They had total, absolute, complete authority. A king never had to concern themselves with working with Congress. They never had to concern themselves with red tape or bureaucracy. No, whenever a king wanted something done, all the king had to do was give the decree or make a verdict. All he had to do was simply say the words, and you and I understand this, it was a done deal. There were no appeals, there was no litigation, there was no lawyers or attorneys coming to the king saying, now listen, we'd like to argue this case before the Supreme Court. There was nothing of that nature, there was nothing of that sort in their day. So whenever a king said what he wanted done, when the king made a decree, it was established, it was fixed, and only the king could change the verdict that was given. Now, were there some advantages to that kind of authority? Well, if you were the king, obviously so. Were there some disadvantages to that kind of authority? Well, certainly, if you were one of the people subject to that king's verdicts or to that king's decrees. But nonetheless, your opinion as a person in that kingdom, it did not change the authority of the king. What we'll see in just a moment also is this, is that not only did Solomon reference the person of a king, he also referenced the person who was rich. The one who is rich. Now I know what a lot of poor people like to say. You don't have to have money to be rich. We like to say that, right? Because it makes us feel better. I'm rich in other ways. I'm rich in ways that matter. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, and it is true and it is accurate. But let's be honest. Sometimes whenever you're talking about riches, whenever you're talking about wealth, you're just talking about nothing more and nothing less than just good, old-fashioned financial prosperity, right? Okay, so in the passage we're about to look at, Solomon is not talking about people who are rich in faith and rich with family and rich with good health. No, he is talking about people who are rich financially and here's what we know of our culture and it has been true since since man has been you know in large groups of people we know this to be true that more times than not the people with power and the people with influence are those who have the financial prosperity would we agree with that I promise you we're going somewhere with all this, okay? The ones with the financial prosperity, the one who has the wealth, the one who has the increase, those are the individuals 
who have the influence, who have the power, who have authority, who make things go in our culture, usually, more times than not, the people making minimum wage are not the ones giving direction to a nation. All right. Now, why do I say all that? I say that for this reason. You have kings, as Solomon refers to them in chapter 10, with absolute authority, complete authority, total authority. And you have rich people who, no doubt, who had influence and had their own measure of authority. And as a result of kings with authority and the wealthy with their authority, what would you also find in a system like that? You would find many people who were under their authority. That's how it works, is it not? Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but sometimes when a person is not the one in authority, they don't always agree wholeheartedly with what the authority has chosen to do. Have you ever heard examples of this happening? Probably not where you work, probably not in the world that you're a part of, but sometimes in places out there, here's what happens. There are people in positions of authority and they make rules and they make decrees and they send forth declarations that this is how it's going to be done. And not everyone who is under them is really appreciative of what the decree or the the command has been. And so what sometimes tends to be the nature of individuals whenever the decree has been given. Well, sometimes the tendency of man is this, to gripe and to complain. Now, I know this has never happened to you. But again, we have heard stories where people did not like what people in authority have decided to be the rules or the procedures or the policies. And, and so because they didn't like it, because they know better, certainly. I'm the one with my feet on the ground out here. I'm not some bean counter. I'm not some pencil pusher. I'm not one of those uppity-ups who doesn't know what's going on. I know what's really going on around here. Here's what happens. People tend to gripe. Amen. And people tend to complain. Now, again, that happens in certain ranks of life. And what seems interesting is this. Is it seems to have been a problem for a long time. Like maybe if you could go back a hundred years, you could find people who knew better and they liked to gripe. If you went back 200 years, you could find people who knew better and they liked to gripe. And if you went back a 1,000 years, you could find people who knew better and they liked to gripe. And, and maybe even as far back as to the kingdoms and to the, the nations and the palaces where kings ruled and reigned, it's almost as though Solomon was aware that, you know what, sometimes people don't like what the king says and sometimes people don't like what the king does. And as a result, here's what they do. They begin to gripe and they begin to complain. And yet so many times, here is what is also true. The people who like to gripe and complain, they like to gripe and complain to the people who have nothing to do with the policies or the procedures that have been put in place. They gripe to everybody but the person who is responsible for the change that has been made. I know some of you are sitting here, man, I have no idea what you are talking about. I'm just saying in some realms of life you have people who 
don't like what's being done and they don't like what people have said and made the rules and so they gripe and they fuss and they argue and they spout off and they say things but never to the one who's responsible for what's been declared. So notice in verse number 20 what Solomon said. He said, Curse not the king. Curse not the king. What does this mean? Well, first of all, keep the warning in mind. Be careful. You remember this? Be careful. What was Solomon? Solomon was a king. What did he enjoy? He enjoyed absolute authority, did he not? He he could make a verdict and it was done and he didn't have to worry about Congress. He didn't have to worry about approval ratings. He didn't have to worry about getting this pushed through. No, he didn't have to worry about any of that, but he was a king. He understood his position. He understood the authority that kings in other nations and other regions would have had. And he knew the kind of authority that kings after him would have. And so he said this in writing, curse not the king. What does it mean to curse the king? It means this. To treat with contempt or to treat with no respect. To have a a feeling of contempt or to have absolute no respect for the authority of the king. Now what is he saying? He is saying this. Now, now, Now friends... If you begin to curse the king, you know what you're doing? You're placing yourself in in a very dangerous position. Because kings many times did not like to be challenged by their subjects. So he said, you don't want to curse the king. You do not want to treat the king with contempt. You do not want to, to show disrespect to the king. So here's what you do. You do not curse the king. And notice what he said next. No, not in thy thought. What is the thought? Well, it's your thought process, Right? He says, even in your mind, here is what you do not want to do. You do not want to curse the king. So when it comes to the king with all of his authority, with all of his power, with all of his, his, his might, here's what you don't want to do. You do not want to treat the king with contempt, and you do not want to, to show a lack of respect for the king, not publicly, of course, but Solomon took it one step for, further and said this, you don't even want to curse the king in your thoughts. Why would Solomon tell them to be careful as it related to their thoughts for this reason? Thoughts dwelt upon eventually become actions. It's just the way that it is. So if you're thinking about something long enough, if you're dwelling upon something long enough, here's what will happen. It will turn into action. And so what Solomon is saying is this. If the king does, if the king says, if the king acts in any way that you don't like, that you don't care for, that you don't approve, he is just saying this. Remember his authority, remember his, his position, and you better be careful not to curse him, not out loud, not publicly, and even in your thoughts, 
You want to be careful what you entertain because you're messing with fire if you start cursing the king. He goes on to say this, and curse not the rich. Well, who are the rich? They're the ones who have the money, which means they're the ones who have the position, which means they're the ones who have the power, which means this, they're the ones who have the influence. So he said, whether it be a king or whether it be the rich, you don't curse them. You don't show contempt toward them. You don't speak to them disrespectfully, of course. But he went on to say this of the rich. He said, curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. What is the bedchamber? Well, that would be one of the most inner aspects of a home, one of the most private areas of a home. Solomon, what are you trying to communicate? He is saying to the readers and again to us, hey, listen, you want to be very careful what you say even in the privacy of your own home. For the person who is rich, for the person who has influence, for the person who has power, for the person who has this position, you want to be careful what you say. You don't even want to say something in the privacy of your own home about them. So he is saying it doesn't matter if it's in the privacy of your own home or if it's even in the privacy of your own thoughts. Here is what you don't want to do. You do not want to curse them for this reason. He said next... For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Solomon, you've lost your mind. You just said that if you curse the king, and if you do so even in your thoughts, or if you curse the rich person, here's what's going to happen. A bird with wings is going to take those words and carry them to the king or to the rich person and tell the matter. Solomon, don't you know birds can't understand what we're saying, and birds certainly can't relay that to the king or to the rich people? Listen, Solomon was aware of that. But you know what Solomon was saying? Solomon was simply trying to convey this truth, to convey this thought, that what you think and what you say, and even what you think to be said in the most private areas of your life, here is what is amazing, is somehow those words tend to get back to the king, to the rich people, what you thought was private, what you thought was just between you and another individual, what you thought was never going to get back to that person, it's weird, man. It's like a bird heard and took it back to the person and said, did you know what they said? Now, that's not what really happened, but that's exactly what happened in the strangest and weirdest and wildest of ways what you said about them in a negative manner, in a negative fashion, got back to them, and that doesn't always work out well for the one talking without talking to the person who's responsible. So what is Solomon saying? He's saying this, uh, you might want to be careful. 
Because if you think about that long enough, here's what you'll do. You'll start talking about it. And if you think about that long enough, here's what it'll do. It'll start affecting your actions. And you will begin showing no respect to those in authority and those in charge. And, and, and you're going to begin treating them with a, a, an attitude of contempt and, and no regard. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to begin cursing them in the bedchambers, in the inner rooms of your life. And you'll think it's no big deal. And Solomon says, hey, I'm, I'm just trying to warn you. Uh, Those words can come back in the strangest and oddest of ways. I want to ask you something this morning. You may or may not be able to relate to this. You may or may not be able to identify with this. Can you look back over the course of your life at some point in the past and find an occasion where you didn't agree with what was going on? We've been there, have we not? I understand that we're in a completely different political climate, a different political system. I understand that we don't have kings and and things of that nature, and really the president isn't worried too much about us. I get that. But there's a big, broad principle here, right, that we can at least give some consideration to. All right, so, so there have been times in our lives where we have not been the one in charge of a particular situation, right? And something happened that we did not care for and we did not agree with. Have you and I ever had moments where we felt the liberty to express our lack of agreement in a not-so-respectful manner with certain people that we thought it was a private conversation? Have you ever had occasion then where that stupid bird took what you said, went to the person that you were talking about, and said, hey, do you know what that other guy said or that other lady said? Did it ever happen to you? See, for me, okay, I can just think of a couple of instances in my life where I was visiting with this one person. I I know you're not overly concerned about the details. I'm just going to tell you this real quick, though. I was visiting with this person. We were talking about church life, and not this church, but just church life kind of in general and some things that he and I were both associated with. And and I was kind of worked up, you know, because that's how it happens sometimes. You know, you don't agree with what's happening, and you don't agree with what's going on, and, and you just kind of get worked up. So I got kind of worked up, and, man, I was just spouting things off, and I was just feeling good. I was venting. I was getting this off my chest, and it was just he and I sitting in the car, and we were just having this conversation. And, man, I felt good whenever I had said everything until the person I had spoken of confronted me about it later. That kind of affected some of my boldness. Uh, well, uh, well, uh, you know, I mean, what I was saying, what I was really trying to to convey was have you ever been in an uncomfortable position like that how does that happen because birds carry the words and tell the matter to the people that we didn't really want it getting back to Several years ago, I was talking to a preacher about something completely unrelated to ministry. It was about another situation. He and I knew some mutual people, and, and, and I shared some things with him. And I thought, man, this has been said in confidence. I didn't even really think about what I had said. But here's what happened. I got very careless in what I was expressing by way of my, my lack of agreement, by way of my lack of, of, of just 
acceptance of what had been done in another situation. And again, I, I thought it was a very innocent conversation on my part, only to have those words brought back to me, and I had to deal with every one of them. I'm just saying that whenever Solomon makes this statement, hey, be careful what you say and even be careful what you think about and be careful even in what you express in the innermost chambers of your house in the most private areas of your life, you need to be careful. I'm just saying it would have done me a lot of good to have read verse number 20 several years ago because it would have reminded me, shut up, Kyle. You don't need to say everything that pops into your head. And just because you think this person is a confidential person, someone that you can place some confidence in and someone that you can, you can speak to and not have to worry about it, there are just certain things that don't need to be said. It would have saved me a lot of grief, a lot of frustration, and even some heartache in one of the situations if I had just kept my mouth shut. But nobody was there to say at that moment, now Kyle, be careful. Because what you're saying to this person over a thousand miles away, it's weird, man. But that phone line runs the exact way another direction. And this guy sitting here is going to be that little chirping bird that tells them everything you said. So let me ask you something. Some of you sit here this morning acting like you don't know what I'm talking about, though I think you're lying to me. Let me ask you this. As you've grown and gotten a little bit older and a little bit more mature, do you find that you still have situations in life that take place that, if you'd be honest, you'd admit, you know, I don't agree with that. I don't like that. Boy, I don't care for that. But, you know, as we've gotten older and we've matured and we've gotten wiser in our manner of life, isn't it true that sometimes we're, we're wise enough to just say, you know what, deal with it. You know, if that's, the way, if that's what they want to do, if that's how they want to live, if that's the approach they want to take, fine. I don't have to answer to them. Have we gotten there? Some of us have. Not all of us, but some of us have. And so many times we do really good keeping our mouths shut and just moving on because we recognize it's none of our business. But here's what I've discovered even in my 40s. That sometimes things happen. People say things. People do things. People make rules. People make decrees. Whatever it may be, you understand the principle in this, I hope. There are still times that though in my 40s, people say and do things that I don't like and appreciate. And you know what my tendency is? Start yapping. All of us, whether we want to admit it or not, all of us have got a little yap in us. And you know what is still many times a problem that we encounter? Many times when we're running our mouths, when we're griping, when we're complaining, when we're yapping, you know what we're doing? We're doing it to people who have no control over the situation that we're griping and complaining about. 
So we're griping here and we're griping here and we're frustrated here and my boss this and his boss and this boss and that boss and my brother or my mom, my dad, my, my pastor, whatever it may be. And it's gripe, 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 gripe. But we don't go to the one who we're actually frustrated with and upset at. See, here's what we think. We think, well, it's okay because it's only in my mind right now that I'm doing all the griping or I'm only griping to my friends and my friends would never rat me out. You know, we've got to be reminded that sometimes our friends have a hard time remembering what's private and confidential and what was declassified at some point in the past. So it's not that they meant to rat us out, but they were just talking and somebody mentioned something. They're like, oh, yeah, well, you know what else? Oh, shucks, I wasn't supposed to say that. You ever been there? So, hey, we've all ratted some people out on accident, haven't we? If we're honest, most of us have, okay. What happened? We were that dumb bird that carried the matter back. Somebody thought they could trust us, and it's not that we meant to betray them necessarily. But see, there is a principle at play here that whenever we say things that ought not be said, there is at least a risk of it getting back to the person that we don't want it to get back to. So because of that, we need to be careful. There's something else that is in line with this, and I think many of you understand this. But sometimes, even if it doesn't get back to the one that we've done the talking about, we then have to live with the doubt and suspicion that it has gotten back to them. Have you ever lived with a guilty conscience and so it kind of made you nervous? The phone rang and you knew it was them and your first thought was, oh man, I hope it's not about. That person better not have said what I said to them and you come to find out, okay, it wasn't that. Whew, maybe I'm free on that one. But the next time the phone rang, oh man, oh, I hope they didn't say, so. oh, I hope that's not what this is about. Have you ever had to live with that on your conscience? It's not enjoyable, at least from my perspective. So as we consider this verse and we try to make application really in any area of life where this could take place, here is what I think we all need to be reminded of. We need to be very careful what comes out of our mouths. Whether it be to the person in charge, whether it be about the person in charge, whether it be the person with authority or about them, we need to be very careful what we say, what we think, what we share with someone in the innermost private areas of our lives. We need to be very careful because somehow, some way, so many times it gets back to them and the consequences really can be pretty serious. Respect can be lost, testimonies can be destroyed, friendships can be ruined. So many things can happen when we run our mouths with no filter and no control. So we might ought to ask ourselves before we say anything, and I know this is hard, I don't expect us to get it 100% of the time, but we probably ought to ask ourselves a couple of things. First of all, the person that I'm griping to, is there anything that they could do about the situation anyways? If not, why would I be griping to them? 
Honey, I'm sorry. Go talk to your boss. No, I just want to gripe to you. Uh, well, thanks. Right? One, be a big kid. Either take it up with the boss or don't bother your wife with it. Either take it up with the boss or don't bother your husband with it. Now, if you're saying, hey, honey, what do you think I should do? Whenever the honey says, take it to the person that you got the issue with, then leave it at that. See, if we're going to talk, if we're going to run our mouths, if we're going to express all these feelings, we might want to ask ourselves, uh, are we even taking this to the one who could do anything about it, or am I just running my mouth? And if all we're doing is running our mouth, we need to be aware of this. We are putting ourselves in some measure of danger by those words getting back to those people. So the second thing that you might want to consider is this. Is am I okay with what I am saying right now getting back to that person? If my words and my thoughts and my sentiments are somehow taken back to this individual that I am speaking about right now, if they got a summary of everything I have said right now, am I okay with that? Now let me tell you something, just so that you know this real quick. There are some people who are dumb enough to be okay with that because they're not smart enough to understand the seriousness of the consequences. So they spout off and they don't care what anybody says, and that's why they're usually in the position they're in most of their lives. But for people who have got some sense, for people who have got a little bit of understanding about how life works, they know that some things probably don't want to get back to that person that they said. So what we need to ask ourselves is this, okay, is if it does get back to them, am I comfortable with it? Am I willing to own up to every bit of this and deal with it head on? If not, you know what? We don't need to say it. Solomon basically gives this warning. Be careful. Be careful what you say about that position, that person in authority. Be careful what you say about that rich person who's got influence and, and power. Be careful. Because the strangest thing happens when you do that. It gets back to them. And that's not always a positive result from you running your mouth. So I say to each of us this morning, those of us who still have a tendency to gripe and complain and yap at times, be careful. Be careful. Because your words have a very good chance of getting back to the person you're talking about, and you may not like the way that that ends up. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. Lord, I know that in this passage, in this text, there is a great reminder for me and I believe for many others in this church. Lord, we all still find ourselves sometimes in a position where we don't agree, where we don't like what's being said, what's being done by someone else. And so many times we're careless in our words and we just let the words come forth with no real filter or real thought of what we're saying. 
And God, would you help us today to be reminded that there can be some serious consequence and fallout because of that. And so therefore, we just need to be careful. Would you help us to put a guard over our mouths that we would watch our tongues and the things that we say and that you'd help us to just be careful with our words. I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen.